0: afternoon on a Monday, and another week begins on the eve of the New Hampshire primary. Ron DeSantis, Ronnie D. is out. Eddie, what do you think of that? Ronnie D. being out. I was a little surprised. He he, uh, he was out, but I'm glad he was very gracious about it. Yeah, he was. I'm glad Trump was a little bit gracious about it as well. Yeah, we were just talking about that Mm -hmm. off mic with our guests that we're kicking off the show with. Uh, We have Charlotte Meadows in the studio with us. That's right. Charlotte, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing great. I came down from Montgomery last night, went to the school choice rally at the state capitol this morning. So that was a a good event. Um, Reminds me of days past when we had thousands down there, but um, optimistic about school choice being a really big deal in the the legislature this year. And the governor promised it would be. Right, and she
0: said this is school choice week. Now, she's been saying that for a few years now, doing a school choice week. But yeah, this but seems like this school choice. That's serious. Yeah, there's
1: year. there's going to be. It, I mean, I, Ernie Ernie Yarbrough was there, and he carried the price act last year, um, and he told me he's bringing it. He's planning on filing it. I think he said next week. It's going to have a few changes to it from what what it looked like last year, which is not not to be surprising. Right. Um, but so that'll be interesting. I've heard about another group that's working on a an. And what we're talking about, right? actually right now, is education savings account, ESA. Right. Um, but school choice, just so everybody is clear on this, encompasses quite a bit more than just an ESA. It also, the Alabama Accountability Act, charter schools, private schools, I mean, all those are really forms of school choice. And we've got some really strong schools in Montgomery. Uh, one that was well represented this morning was Montgomery Christian School that's taking advantage of the um, AAA, the Alabama Accountability Act. Um, I actually worked on several pieces of legislation to do with AAA when I was there. So got a couple of things passed and improved and um, made it so that more students are able to take advantage of the program.
0: Do you miss being in the state legislature at all? We were talking about it last <laughs> week, this new gambling bill they're probably going to roll out. and. But do you miss that sort of back and forth behind the scenes at all?
1: I, I miss some of it, knowing what's going on behind the scenes, because right. I really do. I really did enjoy the nitty gritty of of the of the job, um, but I, I'm also excited about the possibility of of moving into a different realm in Montgomery. So I'm excited about that.
0: And let's remind folks,
1: you're running for the state board of education. I'm running for district three, which includes a good bit of Montgomery, but it also includes all of Elmore and Coosa and Chilton and Bibb and Shelby counties, as well as part of Jefferson County and a little bitty part of Talladega County, okay. the Silicaga part of Talladega. So it's a big district. It's technically the, almost the size of a congressional seat, Wow. Um, which means we're doing it all different than what we've ever done before. You know, my thing has always been door knocking, mm-hmm. and we've knocked on thousands of doors in District 74 um, in the last, well, since 2013. And but this district three actually overlaps district seventy four, or at least it overlaps the district that I wanted in twenty nineteen, right? Yeah. The old one. So and it also is very uh, encompasses pretty much I think every single school that I had when I was on the Montgomery County School Board. So I was uh, District Two at the time. If anybody's that old, remembers I was there from two thousand six to two thousand twelve, um, and it included. Basically, essentially the same schools that are in District 3 on the state board level that are in Montgomery County public schools.
0: Now, for folks who don't know, let's remind them, what is the function of the State Board of Education? That's a
1: great point, because if you look it up... Well, first of all, let's talk about what does it take to be on the State Board? Right. All you have to do is be a voter in that district. So you do have to live in the district, but there's no other qualifications, educationally or otherwise. Um, The State Board... Is the, org- is, ...is the group of people, and there's eight of them, plus the governor, so there's nine. She doesn't always attend state board meetings, but she is officially the chairman. And then, of course, the board elects a, a vice chair. And the eight of them make decisions about the, the policies of the state. Um, some of those policies in the last 10 or 15 years have been somewhat uh, selected by the legislature. Uh, but they okay. could have been proposed by the state school board and run up the flagpole, so to speak to improve education
0: so the legislature is kind of like what kings of all used to be like the legislature if they really want to do something of course they get a governor's signature they can do whatever they want that's right then so the state board it's almost like y'all are the board over the entire state office and department right. of education
1: probably the the key thing that the state board does as with every local school board is they hire evaluate and uh, renew the contract or not of the of the superintendent um, and that's currently and that's, Eric that's, Mackey, so. right, Doctor yeah. Mackey, um, and he's been there maybe since 2018, maybe, right? I right. think or about around that about that, um, but they, you know, the state board doesn't necessarily hire anybody else. They don't. I don't even think they approve any of the hires that he makes. But certainly, they're over the board of education, the Department of Education. So all the policies that come out of you know the Gordon Persons Building as or the missing Mr. <laughs> um, those are all you know, overseen by the state school board okay um, for example things like uh, textbooks they have a you know textbook committee and they appoint the textbook committee and then they approve the textbooks and actually something your previous um, talk show was talking about was we're watchdogs and that's really what I view the state school board should be doing and probably hasn't done as good a job in recent years. The, the state board sees all these things, and they should be the watchdogs over our education in the state of Alabama.
0: What would be kind of an example of what she, What would that watchdog role be?
1: Well, for example, if we've got CRT coming into schools, hmm. the state board should see it and realize it and then put a stop to it before it you know gets into the schools.
0: Again, folks, we're talking to Charlotte Meadows, a former state representative in this area. You're now in the
1: Hoover area? Yes, we live in Hoover, technically. It's Hoover address.
0: Okay, and so uh, now you're running for the State Board of Education District 3. Um, I think, knowing you, and just some full disclosure, Charlotte knew me since I was a baby. She was great friends with my mother. Y'all you know, both had kids, kind of. Me and Dodge came and around and Dodge at about the same were, time.
1: You were just about three months older than Dodge, yeah. and then Daniel came along about a year or so before Will, and then she never got that girl.
0: Man, I'm supposed to be oh. impartial, I, supp- I actually didn't. I'm, but uh, it's kind of hard in your case for me to be impartial. I'm very partial to you. For uh, reasons that are yeah, so obvious, we I'm don't have I'm to go But I'm
1: partial to you, so <laughs> there we go.
0: Well, let's, let's go to Dave. Maybe he can give an impartial take. Hey, Dave, you're on with Charlotte Meadows.
2: Yeah, I, um, as a history nut, I'm really disturbed by the idea that the school system of America uh which brought us together shoulder to shoulder. All the kids in the neighborhood were brought shoulder to shoulder and they would grow up together and go on to a future together. And there is so much paranoia going on with the school districts now that their budgets are being eaten alive by security Hmm. and that the problems of the uh, school districts not being able to teach have much more to do with the fact that they couldn't invest in themselves because all of the money was being sucked up by security so there has to be a trust position america comes to that the rich kids and the poor kids are going to be sitting shoulder to shoulder so they can have a future together
1: you know when when i first started in in elementary school i was in a private christian school and so it was very segregated and then the the next year i guess that was first and second grade third year we were in a public school and it but it was also the very first year that desegregation started in alabama and i remember there was two black children in my classroom and then in the middle of that school year we moved to montgomery so that was in mobile moved here and montgomery had clearly done a much uh, more efficient or maybe a better job maybe i shouldn't say better very um, integrated school systems. And we had one black teacher, one white teacher. The schools were literally 40 and 60 or 50-50 throughout the system. And we learned to work together. We learned to talk to each other. Um, I hear what you're saying about sure? the security cost. And and unfortunately, we we are spending money on security that you kind of hate to think that you're spending money on things that should be going to teach kids. But on the other hand, when you think about what happened in you know Uvalde and some of the other places around the country, you can't not spend that money. So um, it's
2: well, you can because it's a well-regulated militia, and that if there's an unregulated militia that's handing out guns to, there are now machine guns that are being sold to little kids, mini guns. Well, that's illegal. No, it's not. It's happening. Well, I know it's happening. Look at the catalogs. There are catalogs of kids to sell uh, kid guns, and you know the the uh, the rifle ranges and all of these places are encouraging. Bring the family. It's 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 the sickest. Imagine, and then the cost. Excuse me,
0: Dave. What the hell are you talking
2: about? I'm talking about the school districts are being eaten alive by security. Okay, so uh, how much of
0: the almost $9 billion education trust fund is being put toward security?
2: Well, you're talking about a trust fund or toward the daily amount of money?
0: The education budget in Alabama, it's called the education trust fund, Dave.
2: Well, you've got probably more, your guest probably has those numbers. I'm telling you that this has been a problem now for 40 years. You know the Columbine shooting is now frigging what, the '90s.
1: Yep, at least because it was.
2: So, when I was so the in idea, school. and then the war on drugs was saying all the kids can't even have a a, a, a locker at school anymore. That they're you well, know, it's,
1: it's so the idea that I mean a lot kids of alive. Most schools do still have lockers, but the ones that don't are because they're not using textbooks. So there's really not a reason to have lockers. It's not really because of a security issue. I mean, I don't know of any schools that are spending so much money on security that they're not teaching. Now, there might be schools that aren't teaching, but it's not because they're spending too much money on security.
2: Well, that part of it was the war on drugs. But the other part is is that, you know, after 9-11, they, they got rid of, school. there are a lot of school districts got rid of uh, uh, lockers. But the other thing I was going to raise, and this is kind of famous, you know, Thomas Jefferson used to be a big part of our history books, right? Well, the School Book Commission of Texas has so much marketing power. They have so much market share in the textbook industry that they took Thomas Jefferson out of the textbooks, and they did that 10 years ago. So I don't want any school district in America being forced to drop Thomas Jefferson. I want him still in the history books.
1: So that would actually be specifically underneath the state school board to make sure that when the textbooks that they are approving... Are being approved that they look at those textbooks and say, okay, this does not include history as we know it to have been. And Thomas Jefferson clearly was a big part of it. So that actually does come underneath the state school board. And um, having had experience on two different school boards, I understand what that looks like, I understand that it's a big job. Um, and you can't just wave a magic wand and figure, figure that it's going to be done. You have to actually dig in, put the work into it, to read the books yourself, and make sure that you know what you're doing before before you let it go through. Um, it, it's an important job, and I'm willing to take it on.
0: I well, appreciate the call, Dave. Thank you, Dave. I was wondering if Dave was high, what he called. A little obtuse. Sorry, Charlotte. <laughs> Excuse me, pardon He's me.
1: obviously probably my age or so, maybe older, hmm. but because he remembers same things I do, Columbine, and that was a long time ago.
0: Yeah, it's just... Uh... Let's be a little more on topic if you're calling in. We have a candidate in the studio, folks. That's my humble opinion. Oh.
3: Joey
0: Clark. Welcome back to News and Views in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Joey Clark. Eddie Bader in the house. How you doing, Joe? Thank you for manning the phones today, me, time, sir. No problem. And, of course, we also have Charlotte Meadows in the studio. She is not just here to, to hang out. Good afternoon. Um, she is running for office right. for State Board of Education District 3 uh, and Montgomery. A large portion of Montgomery. In fact, your old state house district is within this new state board district. Now, let's go to uh, Ron here on line 3. Hey, Ron. You're on with Charlotte Meadows.
3: Yes. Uh, hey, Ron. I'm looking at age-appropriate service learning projects. And uh, it's come up that we've talked about focusing on issues that are not political but involve government involvement like East Palestine had a rail derailment <clears throat> and the community was basically inundated with the toxic smoke from the burning of oh, I... the fuel petroleum hydrocarbon products on the train where the pets and uh, had died in the community on the first and second day oh. but things happened uh, this was almost a year ago now. Yeah, I remember.
1: I remember what happened. Right.
3: <clears throat> and that community was basically contaminated to a degree, and the life or shelf life of those contaminants, basically uh, dioxins that were on the first burn.
1: So are you they, wanting the they, students to come in and help do cleanup?
3: No. <laughs> that's that's They're doing no. We don't want what students to touch that at all. Okay. That's... that's uh, highly contaminated product, but I'm talking about Dangerous. Should, the, should the students, this is the basic question, should the students at a certain age investigate how that happened and what, what the population effect is in the long run, in the long term, from ingesting the toxins and when the, those toxins will manifest into some form of disease reference or cancer, because dioxins are cancer.
1: So should the students
0: study that, is your question.
3: That's
1: right. They absolutely should study things like that. And further, I would think that in that part of the area of the state, the country, the science projects would revolve around things like that. And most schools have a science fair every year in the spring, and you do something based on some theory of, you know, you ask a question, and then you resolve it through the questioning process. And it's all, you know, Uh, it's it's, a great... thing for students but because there's something real life right there it would be very I would hope that they would find that very interesting and then really dig into and of course as the students get older you know the question is you know how do you prevent it how do you you know what what's the long-term impact whereas the the younger elementary students would do just something on the basic lines of what is a dioxin or
3: well the, the, one of the questions involved there is because EPA came out and reported just about two weeks after the event that they didn't find any dioxins. And dioxins, when they were put into the air, there was a heavy particulate and it dropped out earlier. So basically it's accumulated oh in the animals and their, in the human beings. And shouldn't they have studies? Because this is what we talked about, which was a kind of a flag on it. Shouldn't they have studies of the population to determine how many of, uh, of individuals are actually containing the dioxins in their fatty tissue, which would include mother's breast milk? Right, uh, so that the so that's why I'm talking about age appropriate because it goes into more detail, like transgenerational from mother to child of the effects of the dioxins. Uh, it's mean, a big that issue, and, and it, because EPA all right. basically it, took too long to report the, the contaminant, and the, and the, you know it, these contaminants stay in the body a long term, just like smoking a cigarette. Right. You might right. not have it right. in twenty I mean, years.
1: You should right. probably find it in hair hair poly, hair parts oh, circles sure. decad- years later or months You're later. True. I mean, but we don't want to rely on s- school students to find out all that types of information because it's way more important than we would want some volunteers who are students um, to be looking into. I would expect that the government should be doing that. And if they're not, then private industry, whoever was involved in the accident to begin with. <laughs> and if be.
0: necessary, class action lawsuits could yeah. be had and yeah. all sorts of things in Discovery. I appreciate the call, Ron. Thank you, Ron. Thank you. Is there something in the water today? <laughs> you know, that we're talking about clips. There's the negative side of clips. Uh, yeah. Oh, you don't think these people are from around here? Kind of getting that feeling. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah, we're on the internet
1: now. Well, you're on the internet. And that's yeah. what I was saying yeah, before are we got blowing off. Blowing up. I'm, I'm listening much more on Twitter X. Yeah, sorry, yeah. Twitter, Twitter X. I, I refuse. <laughs> anyway, to be, it's so easy because I'll look up Twitter and you're right there at the yeah. top and I have to just touch your little face and there I'm hearing you right there in my in my kitchen so it's really great way to go I'm glad that's a feature now I didn't didn't know it wasn't but now that I know it is it's really easy to use
0: on the X platform or formerly known as Twitter um, also on YouTube Joey Clark live like comment and subscribe Subscribe.
1: and I think Melanie's listening on iHeart so don't forget all right
0: yeah we got plenty of ways for you to listen folks (laughs) Moving along, uh, what do you think is like the? You know the people on the board, and how much do you think you can get done? Because it's one thing to be on the campaign trail, and you tell folks this is what I prefer, this is is what I see. But how much do you think can actually get done with the current? uh, So
1: I have met all of the board members. um, Spent more time with some of them than others. I've actually the thing I want to say is, you just have to have. Four votes plus the governor. Okay. And I think um, I would be able to work with at least three other people to impact change. Um, I know I'm kind of probably a radical when it comes to making a difference on the state school board. Um, But I think that our education in Alabama is so important that we should be doing that.
0: It's always great seeing you. It really it's is. Great and, to be uh, here. Like I said, folks, it's I can't be impartial in this race. I'm fully behind Charlotte. I mean, I, if I have to do an interview, somebody else, if they ask, I will. I'll be fair. I'll ask pretty much the same questions. You're, an, and point you're of view, a good
1: but, host, so I'll recommend to my opponents that they come and talk with you. Yeah, well, we're uh, work it at it if they're game. Yeah,
0: no, I'm open door policy with everybody. Uh, but great seeing you, Charlotte. Thank really you. is. Great Y'all to stay see you, tuned. Eddie. You too. Oh. All the headlines the mainstream media won't touch.
3: Your News Talk station. News Talk 93.1 FM WACV.